Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. Today on the Ether, DeFi 101, Episode 10, Interchain Accounts with Jackal Protocol. Hosted by Cosmos Joe. Let's take a listen. Welcome, welcome, everybody. This will be another episode of DeFi 101. This is actually episode number 10 out of 40 for 2023. Gonna bring up our guests now and run through the introduction, then we'll get started. Whether you're here now or just listening on the, uh, on the replay, this is Cosmos Joe, AKA Cosmos DeFi on Twitter. Uh, we're going to talk about interchain accounts today with Jackal protocol. Patrick's here and someone else is joining us also. Yeah, right? we have Marston. He'll, he'll probably request pretty quickly. Yep. Got Marston up here. Great. Great. Um, and I see Chad. How you doing, Chad? Chad is a spaces regular and just absorbs all things Cosmos ecosystem. Just a big brain, big brain community That's member. It. Exactly. That's what we need. I think uh, in the next influx of people during a bull cycle, all the people that have perfect attendance on spaces will be the next, the next content creators, just kind of turnkeying all the stuff that they absorb during, uh, during the time when the token prices were not fun. Yeah. It's, uh... It's just kind of be like that. It's bottom of the bear market right now. It's uh, it's great to be here. It's honestly, it's the, the building. It's quiet. It's nice. Everyone gets to focus on, on the next steps for each protocol. And uh, if you look at kind of traditional bear markets, even in legacy tech, it's Apple was built in a bear market. Microsoft was built in a bear market. It's a great time to build, man. Yeah, I kind of disappeared during the last bear market. I didn't really know what was going on. It was hard for me to find information, but if I stuck it out and did what I'm doing now, just trying to learn as much as I can, I probably wouldn't be here now. <laughs> I probably would be just fine, you know, buying ETH at like 160 bucks and, uh, you know, selling the top at 4,000. I don't think I would be here. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe I would have accidentally bought some Matic or Solana or Avalanche or whatever, or, or ADA. And I would be like, you know, just, uh, counting down days to retirement or something. <laughs> it does feel like that uh, at the top for sure. It's uh, well, my first bear market, I rage quit actually. So I, uh, I got in 2017 is when I oh, yeah, started same, same. and uh, I, I bought the top 2017, uh, lost pretty much everything. And then I disappeared until I got back into it. Uh, that, that's exactly my previous job. I, I, I definitely didn't log into my Coinbase account for over a year. And then, <laughs> One day I did log in and I think ETH was like 150 bucks and I had like 160 in my account. So I bought one and then I logged out for like another five months. And it was like, if, if I was just DCAing all the big ones during that time, you know, whatever it was, uh, you know, Litecoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin, even Ethereum classic, right. That was still like relevant then. Um, TRX, like all these tokens that I could have gotten on, on Coinbase. I would have been, and, and obviously if I had sold it at the right time, I would be, uh, I definitely wouldn't be here right now. That put it that way. But um, listen, this is going to be a good topic because people like me, we hear interchain accounts all the time. Oh, he popped off. But yeah, people hear about interchain accounts all the time. And I don't think everyone can envision what it actually will look like. Um, so I like picking a topic like this. It's almost like a buzzword at this point, interchain accounts. It's not going to mean anything till we actually experience it. But I know that you said interchain accounts is big for Jackal. So you guys are the perfect ones to have uh, go through this lesson. And just so you guys know, I'll be like taking notes periodically throughout this. And then at the end, I'll try to read back what I learned. And then you guys can give me like the thumbs up or the thumbs down if I actually know what I'm talking about or not. 
And um, sometimes I'm good, sometimes I'm not so good, but then the audience can kind of chime in because we'll have time for, we'll have lots of time actually for questions at the end. And um, yeah, this is number 10. I, I, my goal is to do 40 of these DeFi 101s throughout the, uh, throughout the year. And I'll definitely hit that 40. Um, even though it looks like I got slowed down, that's only because Twitter was rugging me for, for like a month. So um, yeah, hopefully everyone listening gets as much info as I do. I get a lot out of the discussions. I, originally, I came into the ecosystem hoping to do educational content, mostly for myself, because I'm the furthest thing from an expert. And, um, and yeah, I think uh, you guys are definitely the perfect guests. So um, shall we start with just like a working definition for interchain accounts? Is that all right? Yeah, I can start with that. Um, Marcin's a lot more technical than me, so I can do like the, the, the overview and then Marcin can talk about how we would kind of get our Cosmos and what's going on Jocko protocol and integrate. Oh yeah, but, that's perfect. That's perfect. We'll, we'll start like super, super like, um, like noob level and um, we'll build up from there. And even if we don't get into every detail of interchain accounts, we'll definitely learn more about Jackal and how they're leveraging it. I think that would be perfect. Yeah, 100%. So let's talk about the big competitive advantage of, of um, the Cosmos ecosystem versus other ecosystems. And a lot of us believe that's IBC, right? So you can have a bunch of sovereign chains all doing their own thing that are kind of purpose-built application-specific blockchains. That's why Osmosis is great at what they do. That's why Juno is a great place to build smart contracts. That's why Jackal is great at storage and Akash is great at uh, cloud compute is because we can kind of build these entire blockchains around a specific product or idea. So IBC is great. Uh, right now, what you can do on IBC is you can kind of transfer tokens between different blockchains. And so I can have the Jackal token on Jackal and I can move it to Osmosis to swap it for something else like a Juno, for example. So what is interchain accounts? Interchain accounts is the ability for users on one chain to perform an action on another chain other than just transferring tokens to it. A good example, so I can kind of lay the groundwork of what Jackal is. So Jackal, we do data storage. I've, so it's kind of like before, before we get into the use cases, I, I did go through a Medium article and I was trying to find like, like really basic info and all I ended up with to, to, to like kind of start the process was this, um, the first line in this Medium article, which was actually by Imperator. Imperator puts out really good articles, um, mm -hmm. the, the validator Imperator. And it says, um, it, this is exactly what it says. It says, Interchain Account, also known as ICS27, is an IBC application designed to enable one blockchain to control an account on another IBC blockchain what, what what does account even mean in this case? Because I think that's like a Web2 thing, and it's really hard to put the context of Web3 in an account. Yeah, so we're talking an account, we're talking about a wallet. So your, your wallet okay. on, on a Jackal and your wallet on Osmosis, and you know how on Kepler you have to swap through all the different ones? Yeah. Same thing. It's a, so you're, so you're, your collection of wallets is one account, right? Like the same seed words make one wallet on let's say 50 different chains, that would be one account. You just have yes. a different address. You have 50 different addresses for the 50. That's what they mean by accounts. That's it? Yes. So okay. let's, let's put a use case together here, right? So Jackal does storage, DowDow does DAOs. And let's use that as, a, as an example. So for example, you're a person in DowDow and you want to store like a really spicy meme um, in Jackal storage, for example. Traditionally, what you'd have to do is you'd have to take your Juno from Juno, you'd have to IBC it over to Osmosis, you'd have to swap it for Jackal, you'd have to IBC your Jackal from Osmosis to Jackal, buy a storage account and store the file. In this use case, and this is what's great about interchain accounts, is imagine a world where you can just do all of that without leaving the DowDow interface or without leaving uh, the Osmosis interface or without leaving the Jackal interface or cache interface. So it's a way that the new way you would just be able to buy storage, upload a meme directly on Juno to Jackal using the DowDow interface if they were to integrate with us. So it's All right, a lot so I, It seems like there's gotta be a lot of, there's gonna be a lot of UI overhauls, it sounds like, at least within the wallets. 
Yeah, uh, it's, it's the one part is just kind of connecting the two blockchains, having a smart contract on Juno operate a storage account on Jackal. So that is the, the first process is we have to enable Cosmos and Hooks on Jackal and then get a smart contract on uh, Juno to use that. And that's kind of how uh, you have to lay the groundwork before you can even think about integrating it in the dashboard. But the beautiful thing about Cosmos and the, the next step that Interchain Accounts gives us is the ability for us to be that much more interoperable so that users on a specific platform don't even realize that they're using another product on a different blockchain that's offered. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, that, that absolutely has to happen. And it's almost fortunate that we're in a bear market now because like you said, that can be worked on. And, it, and then a year from now, when you have an influx of people who are maybe for the first time using something that's not a centralized exchange, they should never know what's going on underneath the hood. Even, um, you know, when I first used Kepler Wallet, I'm like, wow, this is great. I get to toggle through all these different blockchains and I could do all these actions. But as you described, sometimes you got to click like seven times to get the tokens where you want. Like if you start on Juno and then you want to get stars tokens, you might go Juno Osmosis, do a swap, withdraw the stars tokens. Now you're on stars. Now you got to buy the NFT or something like that. Right. And the, the, the people sh are, it can't be that people are clicking that many times. It, it's too tedious. It's a terrible user experience. And that's kind of the biggest problem with Web3. And that's kind of like the biggest, um, I, I would say it's, it's the most frustrating thing about blockchain is we need to get it to a point where it's easy enough for me to convince my mom to use Jackal, right? It's the, the user experience is really, really lame. We're getting really close, though. We have uh, direct to Dex onboarding through services like Kadoo, Akato. I don't really know how to pronounce it. Uh, Stripe it just enabled the ability for you to uh, buy ETH USDC, which you could just IBC through Axelar. So we're getting there day by day, but fixing that user experience is kind of like the biggest, the biggest frustration. And there's kind of like a good Steve Jobs quote, actually. It's uh, design is how it works. <laughs> and the biggest issue in Web3 is it's hard to design things that are sexy and easy to use when you have all these barriers where kind of the distribution is run by Kepler and then you kind of want to do this thing on this blockchain and this thing on another blockchain. And it's without kind of really being well-versed and, and being in a space like this right now on Twitter, it's really difficult for people to even understand what's out there. So if, you, if you're not a dev, but now we have the ability for the devs to put together really amazing applications that imagine you're on Jackal, you can swap on Osmosis, you can store files, and then you can start a DAO on DAODAO. Um, without leaving a specific interface or hopping from website to website. It's, it's pretty that crazy. Sounds great. The, yeah, it's the, the absolutely great because we have to cater to people that don't know anything because there's a lot more of them than there are people that are devs or like, you know, power users of, of DeFi and navigating something like Cosmos where I understand why there are so many clicks to do one thing that I want to do, but the average person is not going to be um, that determined, let's say, to get through all those clicks to become, go from beginner to intermediate, and then eventually rely on some of the applications like we do for web two. Like, you know, some people are always on Facebook, always on Twitter, always checking their emails. They don't really know what's going on underneath and they should never have to. Yeah. It's kind of like expecting someone uh, that wants to send an email Think about this is uh, if I have a Gmail account and you have a Yahoo account, for example, Joe, um, right now, like through IBC, like it, it's kind of like the same thing as the email protocol. It's an open source protocol where you can send messages between two parties. Um, but imagine now there's kind of like these third party applications where you can kind of hook everything into each other, kind of like an API, but instead it's smart contracts calling each other. It just it's just another layer of interoperability to make it just that much better and that much better of a user experience. So it, it will I think it will dramatically increase the barrier to entry to these oh, specific for products. Sure. For sure. Listen, my, my grandmother is like 80, whatever, 80,000 years old, right? She uses Facebook every day. She has no idea how the Wi-Fi works in her house. She has absolutely no idea how her iPad gets charged. She's on she's literally an expert user of Facebook because none of that even matters, right? Like someone that's in, you know, 
navigates their way to Cosmos doesn't need to know there are 50 different blockchains that do 50 different things. And I think this is, like you said, this is, um, this is going to be a major, a major improvement overall to cater to like the masses. Um, is this something that's going to be automatic with IBC chains? Is interchain accounts supposed to have to be quote unquote enabled? How, how is that going to be? Yeah, um, I'll kind of yield to Marston on this, but from my understanding, you have to be IBC enabled to have interchain accounts. It's kind of like a layer on top of IBC. So um, unless there's people doing some crazy work, um, uh, there's the guys that are integrating IBC uh, to Polkadot. There's the guys at Landslide that are integrating IBC to um, Avalanche. I know um, I've heard some like rumblings about someone trying to build something to get it to Ethereum. but Unless you have that IBC enabled, I, I doubt that it's likely. Marcin, do you know? Yeah, so um, with interchain accounts, you do need IBC. Um, that's kind of like the ground layer of how those communications between chains get going. So um, you can kind of think of it like in a normal Web2 situation you have a server and then you have your client so your clients like you know your laptop or your ipad or something and the server is say facebook what you're doing is you're sending a request to facebook with uh, a session key which is a lot like our, our signatures but kind of the web 2 standard um and then what you're doing is essentially saying hey facebook server can you do this for me this is my key that i'm giving you to prove that i am myself this is what i want you to do with my action and uh this interchain account system is very similar where one chain would be the client the other one would be the server or in this case we call them hosts and controllers so the host is where we're getting all of the accounts getting set up so like if you know, you wanted somebody over on Juno to take control of Jackal. Um, Jackal would be that host chain or the server in this case, where Juno would be the controller chain or, you know, that client that we usually talk about. The thing is here, you need a way to handle that information. Like my client can't just go and randomly connect to, you know, a Google server that they didn't expose to handle requests to it. If they're running an internal server, I can't touch it. Kind of the same deal where if a blockchain hasn't set itself up to accept those um, interchain account requests, it's just going to do nothing. Uh, if you try and send them that way, it'll kind of just go, ah, you know, I, I know how to deal with token transfers, but this is a whole different thing. I don't know what I'm doing here. So essentially what you need to do is you need to set up that it's called uh, like interchain account authentication module. It's part of the core chain that manages all of the accounts. And every time that you send a message to that chain, it routes it through all of your modules and makes sure that all of what it is being told to do is legit so that it doesn't start executing stuff that, you know, it shouldn't do, such as interacting with somebody else's account when you're trying to deal with yours. So, um, you do have to set them up, but once you get them set up, as long as you set them up correctly, you're kind of free to let them do whatever they need to do. So I don't have to manage the interchain account authentication module over and over and over again. If somebody wants to set up a new system over on Juno and they want their smart contract to call something on our chain, if it's all open, you're, you're kind of good to go as long as it's done properly. You can close it through governance uh, if you are worried about that as like a security measure. But uh, yeah, generally, you've just got two systems talking to each other and they both just need to agree on how to talk, which requires a little bit of standardization. But um, the Cosmos core team are developing really great interchain standards to help us with that. So. The other question then, Marcin, is in theory, could we get interchain accounts on something like um, uh, like Polkadot or something like uh, Avalanche? Yeah, 100%. So any chain that has IBC enabled or even better yet, um, 
anything with IBC enabled. It doesn't even have to be a blockchain. They can all have their own account systems. Um, again, they do have to enable it. But as long as you're adhering to the standards, say I spin up a brand new blockchain that doesn't really do a lot except for call stuff over on Jackal, and that's literally all it's designed to do. Um, but it's built with, say, Polkadot, as long as it's connecting to Jackal over IBC and it's sending the right messages over, yeah, for sure, that'll all go through really cleanly. All right, and some, some of the functions, I'm assuming, you know, Patrick mentioned creating a DAO from a website that's not DAO-DAO once interchain accounts is, um, is enabled. But I'm guessing swaps, voting for um, governance, supplying liquidity, withdrawing liquidity, these will be all actions that can be taken via interchain accounts once it's all set up. Is, is that right? Yeah, 100%. Um, something that's really cool, um, I forget what standard it's going by, but um, right now, if you were to like, say, move um, Adam tokens to osmosis and then you wanted to bridge them over to say juno they would look very different than if you were to just bridge a token from adam straight to juno so i know there's been a lot of development on the routing uh, systems that we have right now where essentially jumping those bridges will get you the same token um it's really really cool um and what that allows us to do is kind of combine a whole bunch of IBC messages together and make sure that they're responding to not just the direct messages, but like the context of the system, which is really, really awesome. And so what that would allow us to do even is something as crazy as like writing a, a, an implementation on say osmosis that would accept the message in say you're sending it 20 USD, it would swap it to a new token and it would then send it back to your chain and that can all be done through interchain accounts because you're essentially like authorizing it to act for you got it and while and, chaining together actions so you can do things really really seamlessly so i, th I think like I, i'm guessing like i said the the uis are going to need a little bit of an overhaul maybe even within the wallets themselves jackal is a little bit different than other DeFi chains, DeFi apps. And, and for people that are listening, if you want to ask questions, feel free to request the mic. But I want to get into exactly not only what Jackal is, but how they'll leverage interchain accounts to kind of ease the user experience a little bit. So I know, Patrick, I think it was you, you said Jackal's kind of like Dropbox, but a Web3 version. Was that you that told me that? I can't remember. But yeah, yeah, that's it's that's if you want to distill it down, that's pretty much exactly what it is. All right. So for people that don't know, can you expand on that a little bit? Who's never heard of Jackal? Yeah. So Jackal is a blockchain in the Cosmos ecosystem that is purpose built for data storage. What does that mean? It is right now in all oh, blockchain, the, when you, when you hear IPFS and we're using IPFS, that usually means that we're pinning files to an Amazon server. And we wanted to kind of decentralize and bring self-custodial nature to data storage. Why would we want to do that? Um, kind of before we got into this, we were uh, digital investigators and forensics people uh, for law firms and corporations. And we wanted to have a way to have ownership and clean forensic environments and scalable cloud environments. How did that get into this? Uh, one thing led to another, and then we're building like a public cloud and blockchain rails. The difference between, we kind of all understand why we like blockchain technology. It's we like the sovereignty, we like the self-custody, we like the ownership. We love the ability to transfer any person in the entire world, any amount of money within three seconds with uh, like a few cents as a fee. If that's the case for uh, finance, we also believe that that should be the case for your files. Because right now, you don't really maintain self-custodial ownership or uh, privacy or cybersecurity posture when you use public clouds and third-party apps. So when you look at the news pretty much every other day, you're hearing XYZ company got breached with a cyber attack. And then uh, next thing you know, everyone's identities are getting stolen. So we think that oh, yeah. public and private. No, I, yeah. We even have um, 
people like I, I work in the public school system, they'll come in, hack files and just hold them ransom. It's, it's pretty wild. They have absolutely no use for it, but I guess the system just easy to crack and they're all in one place. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like the thing is we think we're moving to a self-custodial world. We think this world is more ethical. So we think that you should not only be able to control your um, bank account and your digital assets from a wallet, but you should also be able to hold the key to all of your files and your personal information from a wallet. So Jackal built a blockchain. Uh, we purpose built it. So we have different blockchain modules that are kind of built for data storage. Uh, we have a file tree module. We have a storage module. We have like a name service so that you can peer-to-peer transfer files between parties. And uh, it's all built on Cosmos Rails. And that's kind of what we built. When you distill it down, it's like a Google Cloud or a Dropbox or an Amazon S3 environment, but built here directly in the Cosmos, ready to serve um, blockchain native users. And kind of our first addressable market, we just launched about two months ago, but our addressable market right now is Cosmos Power users because of all the things that we've kind of said previously about the user experience issues. And, but we think it's going to get a lot better through interchain accounts and, and better wallets and kind of creating these super apps um, in the Cosmos ecosystem that leverage interchain accounts so that you can swap on Osmosis, manage your data on Jackal, create a company on DowDow and uh, uh, spin up a server uh, that does compute on a cache, right? And that's kind of where we think everything's going. And this is our high conviction play. And you said this is mainly for power users. So you're talking about applications, right? Applications that need to store data. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I say it's for power users is because the ability to use Jackal right now is gated by a user has to be familiar with the Cosmos ecosystem and familiar with Capital Wallet to use it right now. So that's kind of why that's our, our most addressable market at the current stage. As the user experience gets better, we might enable MetaMask, we might have the ability for people to onboard directly with credit card, then that expands it a little bit more. But day one, we really wanted to focus down and niche down on people that could give us the proper feedback. Do you have any, do you have any clients now, even though you guys are still pretty new? Yeah. So we have about 70 different, uh, we have 75 users. Uh, we have different actual contracts with um, organizations for like a lot of CC cam- CCTV camera footage, uh, specifically for storage of large data sets. Um, we're also looking to integrate with pretty much every other Cosmos blockchain, whether it's NFT marketplaces to DowDow to all kinds of different stuff on there. So we're kind of working on the interchain accounts side of things. But um, that's kind of what people who enjoy Jackal are, are people that are either privacy nerds or um, individuals that really care about cybersecurity and privacy posture. So that's uh, security organizations, cybersecurity organizations, uh, even the ability to peer-to-peer transfer really large data sets. So uh, you can think about military and industrial complex use cases. Uh, the sky is really the limit. We just built the ability for it all to happen on blockchain rails with uh, some pretty crazy privacy in between. So the kind of great thing about Jackal is uh, the chain when you because we know that blockchains are public and you can go on mid scan and look at the different things that are occurring we layer on encryption technology as well so only things that the blockchain knows is how much storage space is purchased and how many tokens you have and that's pretty much it so it also has like a really high security and privacy posture um, specifically got it and i'm just asking this because i see every single person that's here is either nft creator nft collector or both uh, one of the one of like the minor issues with NFTs is that the um, the images themselves are stored, you know, on IPFS usually, right? And what off the top of your head, would there be an advantage to either backing it up or using something like Jackal as far as the encryption goes, or or just for the um, the I guess like the viability of storing the file. Yeah. Um, so the, the beauty of Jackal, we can start about like the, the experience that you'll be used to directly. So right now, when you want to create an NFT collection on Stargaze, for example, you'd have to go to Pinata and then you pay Pinata quite a bit of money to uh, pin that file on, on, a, on a server that they own to IPFS. IPFS isn't a storage layer, it's a discovery layer, and we're starting to get a little bit technical here. Um, so what IPFS does is it makes the ability for, uh, for computers to easily discover bias um, using 
kind of indexing by content instead of location, but we don't really have to get into the nitty gritty. So instead of kind of going to nft.storage and, and paying the money there or going to uh, Pinata and paying the money there, you'd be able to use Jackal directly from Stargaze without, with just clicks, um, without having to leave and then upload all your files. So that's like the one benefit. From a security and privacy posture side, so only you with your private key can see your NFT. You can think about the different use cases that this can unlock, kind of similar to secret NFTs. But at the end of the day, uh, it's it's pretty resilient system from that standpoint, if that makes sense. No, I, I got it. That's why I asked. And, you know, Jacob or even like Tank, Maria, you guys know what it's like to mint collections on Stargaze. Curious if you guys have any specific questions about the process and possibly using Jackal Protocol for a future collection. Um, feel free to request a mic. How exactly will Interchain Accounts benefit jackal when, when it does um become available well at its at its base layer um so you kind of want to look at the way that jackal set up from a business model standpoint so what is the economic model that feeds the jackal protocol it's actually quite simple when you distill it down jackal makes money by selling unique terabytes of data storage to users so the more data that's on Jackal, the uh, more money that it costs. Well, it's always $8 a month per terabyte, but the higher the value of the Jackal token and the more demand for the storage, which feeds the machine. So the, the benefits for Jackal, um, individual users, like we all know, um, I might use, some people are different, right? Some people are creators and they have, have higher data storage needs than I would. But I really only need a terabyte of data storage for pretty much all my stuff. I'm, I run pretty light um, when it comes to that. Where Jackal really shines is as a business-to-business -business product. And it's an application that's kind of predominantly for it to be successful in the wrong, long run. It has to monopolize, uh, not necessarily monopolize the Cosmos ecosystem, but do really, really well from a B2B standpoint. Because for us to move for us to kind of have our model work in our favor, we have to move data on petabyte scale on Jackal. So that's the big focus is who has that much data. It's usually businesses. So that's kind of what our focus is as an organization. That's why we're a little bit quieter on Twitter than um, a lot of other projects. Right. And, and, and that data, regardless of it could be like customer info, it could be transaction info. That's the, the data itself, even though I guess moving it on chain is a transaction because of the encryption, no one is going to actually be able to see, let's say, going in MinScan, what the data actually is, you said. Yeah. So let's look at a use case like this, uh, Joe. So for example, let's say that you said that the school um, that you, you work at, you guys get hit with ransomware sometimes, right? Yeah. And imagine a use case where in the event that your school got hit with ransomware, there was a multi-signature wallet around the board of directors of the school that unlocks a identical replica of all the data on the system that you can load back in so you don't have to negotiate with the cyber criminals. That's the ability that Jackal unlocks. It's really, really, really secure data storage so that in the event that something happens, or if you have like a, a really need a high security posture around a specific data set, Let's say that you're in merger and acquisitions of companies and you want to have a really secure data room of all the information associated with that company. Jackal would have the ability to peer-to-peer -peer transfer the information so that it's so secure, even us, the people that built it, can't see it even if we wanted to. It's true self-custodial data storage in a scalable cloud environment that's never existed before at all. Got it. And, and for someone like me, you know, I might have like, you know, a couple of Terra um, worth of videos that, that I would need to store. How would I get set up on Jackal? Let's say if I wanted to back up my, my stuff with you guys. Yeah. So the way that Jackal works is that we're not a marketplace. You actually have to pay the chain per month per terabyte. So Jackal costs $8 a month per terabyte. So basically what you'd have to do is you'd have to get your Jackal tokens on osmosis. You'd have to IBC them to Jackal. Once you're there, you can purchase however many terabytes you'd like uh, from the dashboard. You just go to billing, choose how many terabytes you, you want, and you pay up front. That is the current downside to Jackal, and we're working on trying to figure out a way to get subscriptions going, um, whether it's through credit card or whether it's through streaming, which is kind of like this new technology that's coming out as well. But that's kind of how it works right now. It's just prepaid data storage. 
The reason why we wanted to go with a monthly fee rather than a marketplace model that we're kind of used to with like a Filecoin, for example, is the concept that it's really tough for businesses to make informed business decisions moving forward unless they kind of can predict how much uh, something commoditized such as data storage will cost them. So we don't want the market to be that variable. We just want a flat rate, $8 a month per terabyte. doesn't matter if Jocko token is worth like $0.08 cents or it's worth $20. It's going to still be $8 a month per terabyte. But the more demand for the storage, the higher the token price, if that makes sense. So we kind of did a different Got model. It. But you, but you do. So it sounds like reg, reg, without changing the price month to month, you guys are the, the, the token is is positioned to benefit from the demand of the uh, of the actual service. Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that. If you kind of I say about, I say it with a surprise for a reason. Yeah, uh, it's actually interesting because Jacko's um, obviously super cheap right now. We're bought on the bear market, but. The, uh, the fascinating thing about Jackal, so if you purchase Jackal tokens now and then the price of Jackal go up, uh, <laughs> you kind of just bought a, a data future in a weird way. It's almost like a data bond where um, now the Jackal token is worth more and it costs less to buy storage. <laughs> that makes any sense. But, How did you guys come up with the $8 a month? Is that just comparable to whatever else is out there, Web2 style? Yeah. Um, what we did is we actually try to figure out what is the if we had a perfectly functioning and balanced economy which just doesn't really exist in in nature but in theory eight dollars a month per terabyte is the cost that it would be for a storage provider in the united states we're up in canada but we trust the united states uh, for them to cover all their fixed costs of running the system so that was uh that was kind of the prediction there and we go with uh three times redundancy as well so you actually have for every terabyte you purchase you actually have three terabytes to make sure that you have resiliency in case one storage provider drops off and we have like a proof of persistence protocol but that's kind of how uh, we had two economists on staff that really worked on that to make sure that we picked a proper price we can also adjust it based on governance as well. So you can. Oh, okay. That was my say, next question. Okay. Yeah. Someone, someone can say, oh, we want storage to be $20 per terabyte. And we can do that. It's still like, like 4X cheaper than like an Amazon though. Uh, usually at $28 a month or $23 a month per terabyte is the, the typical thing. Plus you have data egress and aggress charges, which are just layered on, on top as well. It's, I actually want to try this. Like I want to just see, cause I just bought an, a, uh, I don't know, like an external drive. And I, and I was like, this sucks. Now I got to worry about dropping this thing and like finding it when I need it. It's so annoying. But basically I could just load my Kepler wallet with Jackal tokens. You guys have a like web two style UI where it's somewhat self-explanatory. I'm just buying something as I would with a credit card, except using Jackal tokens. And then boom, I, I'll, be given a chance to upload whatever I got to upload. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. It's very similar to Dropbox. Cool, cool. All right. No, this is interesting. Um, any drawbacks that now that you guys are on your own chain, or do you think it's been you know a net benefit to be on your own chain? Because I, I know originally you guys were originally going to be a, a DAP on Secret. Now you're your own chain, your own token. Just curious about how that change is for you guys. Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, we were actually originally, we were building on Secret Network because we didn't actually want to build the infrastructure layers at all. And we tried to get away with it by having cold storage on Filecoin. We'd have like a little bit of a middleware for hot storage in between. That would be our own software and peer-to-peer -peer network. And then we would use Secret Network for privacy permissions. The issues, um, we had some issues like Filecoin's built for really cold storage. So it takes a long time to get your data back, which is kind of how the system's built and it makes sense for their use case. That didn't really work for us, unfortunately. So we had to kind of leave Filecoin. And then we were building a peer-to-peer -peer network and we stayed on Secret. Secret is awesome at what it does. And what Secret does is programmable general privacy. So everything's private. For us to get the speeds a little bit faster and get the gas fees down for it to be usable, we needed to sacrifice the general privacy for specific privacy. So we had to give up how many tokens were in your wallet being private. And we also had to give up another thing, which is how many terabytes of storage have you purchased, right? Now that we're on our own chain, we're able to offer a product in a blockchain that is built for the use case. It took a lot more money and a lot more time to build. 
But at the end of the day, we were able to alter the blockchain modules at its core to provide the, we're, we're product maxis at the end of the day. We're not really ecosystem maxis uh, at Got all. It. We just want to produce the best product possible. So we needed to go this route, unfortunately. Still love so, them. So specialized chain, awesome. specialized chain for specialized purpose, you know, same as like Stargaze or Osmosis or something like that in terms of the mentality. Yeah, it's kind of inevitable for any product that gets big enough. Right. Uh, you saw it just with DYDX where they got too big. They kind of had to move to their own Cosmos chain. It's the, uh, it's the question of vertical scalability versus horizontal scalability. Um, you can only stack so many users on top of each other before they kind of have to move out and build something that's purpose built for that specific use case. And that's kind of why we're app chain uh, thesis maxis. And that's kind of why I feel like a lot of people here. Um, believe in this app chain thesis is because you are able to purpose build a blockchain that's built specifically for that use case that you want to provide um, to the world. And that's how we believe you build the best product possible. Got it. I'm curious. If anyone in, in the audience, even if you can't come up and get the mic, I'm curious to know what a typical like 5k or 10k NFT collection would, um, you know, would require in terms of storage. And I know different there's different image qualities for different collections. And I feel like I got a lesson on that, trying to inscribe ordinals on Bitcoin um, because the, the data actually goes onto the blockchain, which is a lot different than Ethereum. Uh, so that, that, that's like my frame of reference here. I don't know, like Tank, I think Tank's collection was like 10K. Jacob's collection, I think was 3,000, if I'm not mistaken. And then Maria's sometimes is only like 30. I'm just curious about the storage requirements. If you guys can type it in the, in the, in the comments, even if you can't come up or just request a mic, I'm just curious about that. Cause I only know videos, right? Cause I'm doing, I, I have a, a, a shit ton of videos now that I have to keep track of and I don't want to keep them on my machine all the time. Want a place to put them. I do not like paying Google for stuff and I don't like paying the big companies for anything if I don't have to. You can, you can also kind of go look on, uh, well, one of the biggest uh, services is Pinata. Um, where they're kind of like an IPFS pinning service. So it's a, it's a great company and they've, they've done really well throughout the years where they kind of built like this, uh, this host of servers, whether it's probably on Amazon, um, where you kind of like line up all these servers and then you pin to IPFS through them. Pinata, it's great. It's just, it's super expensive because they're so niche down for NFT specifically. So I think the base plan, you get 100 gigabytes uh, for 20 bucks a month. And I, I would assume oh, that would yeah. get you like a 10K PFP collection or else you'd have to start going to the next stage, which would be like a hundred bucks for uh, 750 gigabytes, which might be Got it. collections maybe. I think, I think, I mean, I think the max that you could inscribe on, on a, like a Satoshi for the Bitcoin ordinals, I think it's four megabytes. I don't know if an image uses a fraction of that, half of it, almost all of it. I guess it just depends on the image, but. I'm just, I'm curious. And I, I'm just thinking about this because we have so many NFT people in here right now. Almost everyone actually. Yeah. You know, is it yeah. You know, a collector or a creator, which is like, which is pretty, pretty hilarious because that's in the bear market. It's like the NFT communities barely lose any steam. It seems it's just like everyone else. They're just building, man. Um, well, here's the thing, right? So the reason why you have to use like a storage layer that's separate from a blockchain, because blockchains are just big databases and there is data storage right. on blockchains, right? For it to be scalable, you can really only fit. This is why Bitcoin's having like their issues right now. And that's why their miners are making bags. Yep, it's, because, yep. it's because of the fact that it costs a lot of processing power to actually get that like three megabytes, that's even, that's huge for a transaction when you really think about it. They probably have a few failed transactions trying to jam that through, but at scale, you can really only fit like a few kilobytes of data storage on chain. That's a, pretty much like the same amount of data in a tweet, I think, before it gets like out of control and the gas prices get really expensive. Got it. And that's just like the memo of a transaction, right? Yes, exactly. Got exactly. it. Um, uh... I guess um, any partnerships that you guys have that are notable either in Cosmos or outside Cosmos? Like I know you mentioned Akash a lot. They do something slightly different than what you guys do, but it's still along the same lines of like computing and real life use case, which is not quite the same as DeFi. Almost like a, I would say like peripheral type DeFi, not yeah. an actual like, so I don't know if you have 
any partnerships that you want to talk about? Yeah, well, like we can talk about the difference between Jackal and Akash first. Um, sure. Okay, Akash is awesome. Um, we're similar in the thought process that we are both kind of peer-to-peer networks of computers that have jobs. The thing is, is that so Jackal is kind of like parking space, and uh, and Akash's computers do math. <laughs> so that's it. Jackal doesn't do math. Jackal does storage space, and Akash doesn't do storage space really as well as Jackal does storage space. So we're kind of purpose built for two different use cases. Really cool thing, actually. If you combine both of us, uh, you could host like a dynamic website. <laughs> Where you could kind of have a Jackal can host static websites, and with the compute of a cache, you could have dynamic websites, which is uh, pretty cool stuff. But outside of that, um, partnerships with outside of uh, in the Web three space, outside of uh, a cache, we we have a great working relationship with them, and uh, we, I've spoken with Greg a few times, and Boz is awesome too. We're probably going to be doing some stuff with them. Outside of that, uh, Pradar. So Pradar uh, built onboarding experiences and, for a cache, and they're coming to build like one-click onboarding for storage providers. So if you want to like run a storage node and earn Jackal, they're going to make your experience infinitely better. So you don't have to have as much as a, a of a technical understanding uh, to kind of onboard. We have another company called Serenity Shield. Um, they're looking. They're trying to build like a. It's kind of like um, passing down seed phrases through generations, and they kind of want to use Jackal as a storage layer for things outside of seed phrases as well. So that's another cool use case where they're kind of integrating Jackal into their stack. Now that's only, cool. What, what, yeah. The second the second project you described, it sounds a little bit like uh, what Sciacoin was trying to do, but I think um, like I haven't heard much from them, and they had all sorts of trouble with their token. It seems so. I don't know if they're still. Yeah. chugging away or what they're kind of well you kind of startup startups don't really die by homicide they usually die by suicide unfortunately um I yeah know that Cy was they're like some pretty difficult internal problems between the skynet guys and Cycoin guys from the last time i checked yeah i i did hold their tokens for a while that was like one of the tokens i bought before the last bear market and uh i'm like oh this sounds like a really good use case i don't see anything else similar to it right now and blah 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 and then when like it was couple years goes by I had almost no way to find information about the companies like I, they, like you said they, they definitely had some problems because they weren't really answering questions in discord they really were not releasing much then they tried to burn a bunch of tokens it didn't go over well so it was that just was uh I, I gave up on them yeah yeah they uh they've done some good things there's actually we we learned a lot from them um we have the benefit of a little bit of a last nervous advantage where we kind of kind of make like the first storage proof of stake application we have like that speed boost and right, we have like right. the, that, the modular different. ability of, of Cosmos and on-chain permissions, which is really special. IBC, which is special. Interchain accounts soon, which is special. So we learned a lot from them though. They had some good tech and they had some really good builders. It's just unfortunate uh, where the kind of project ended up. It still works, I think, last time I checked. Got it. Well, I, I brought Jacob up here. Jacob... Um... Jacob's one of the first people that I that I met when I came into the space. He's like the first person that ever told me about Dow Dow, and he he has a couple NFT collections as well. So uh, feel free to ask what you want, Jacob. And I've been I've been taking notes. So after this, if there are no more people that want to ask questions, I'll run through my notes, and then you guys can let me know if I understood anything that we talked about tonight or not. Yeah, sounds good. Huh? Oh yeah, so I want to touch more on the combination of Akash and Jacko. I haven't seen anybody working on this, but like, would you guys be? I feel like a project should work in a way kind of like create easy to use like website template and stuff like that that enable a cache and like maybe Jackal in the sense for like DAO or project to just create a website easily and like yeah. use it to, to pay. And so, well, I've been wanted to do something like that, but <laughs> I don't have the the full dev team to do it, but that's yeah. a lot of yeah. 100%, man. Um, so, we, well, let's talk about the storage side is, is hopefully if we get uh, interchain accounts going, and we're speaking with Jake briefly, we might be able to get data storage directly in your DowDow dashboard if, if all goes well. But uh, to talk about integration between Jackal and Akash, you can host a static website so this is like a web one website on Jackal. Um, once we get the web gateway going, which it works right now from the chain, we just have to ship the upgrade. 
But Marcin, do you kind of want to talk about different possibilities between Jackal and Akash uh, from like a dynamic website standpoint? Yeah, so um, as it stands right now, Jackal is in a really good position where if you upload like an entire compiled React project or another website um, in its entirety, you can interact with it through a web browser. Um, if you want that privacy, we're working on basically like a, a proxy system to allow you only certain users to access your website. But if you upload it publicly, you can access your whole website um, from a browser just like you would any other website. But the difference would be all the files to serve that website are hosted on Jackal. So that's really, really cool. So something like, uh, I don't know, a portfolio website to show off your work, that can all be done on Jackal. Akash wouldn't be needed for that because you're not doing any behind the scenes compute. But what's really, really cool is if you want to take this to the next level, assuming you want you know, a website hosted on Jackal to interact with um, an AWS platform, whether that be like machine learning or hooking into ChatGPT's AI. Um, if you deploy a backend system on Akash, you can make those API calls from your Jackal hosted front end and push them through that Akash middleware, I want to call it, um, so that you can interact with APIs straight through Akash through to your Jackal page, and it will all feel very, very seamless. And that would, you know, end up being the front end, all the visual stuff being hosted on Jackal, but all the kind of like brain inner workings of your website would be over on Akash. So, so you can get you can give it an autonomous AI a DAO account and see what happens. Yeah. So because I was thinking, um, like as the DAO space and like project in the whole crypto space evolve, I haven't seen that much like project focus more on like delivering like a, what could I say, like a, a you know, like weeks or like framer, like yeah. just an editor. An oh, editor yeah. Is, that, that, that's something like, that like, that's something that like the, the hub, the hub community pool should, should fund that if someone comes along that wants to build that. Cause like you said, it, it'd be like a Wix utilizing IBC, utilizing interchain accounts, Akash, Jackal. Yeah. The thing is, I've been thinking about building something like that, but I, I don't have the team. So it's like, <laughs> yo, if I know what to, one, I'm learning how to code and stuff, but if I know so many things I could have built, but yeah. But you guys do have a, tele, a Discord, right? I don't know which out to you guys. Yeah, no, we have a Discord and a Telegram if you want to come over and chat shop. Um, we have all our guys in there. All right, cool, cool. J Jacob is hell-bent to build something big in Cosmos. Like I, I have never met anyone in the space that's as determined as him. So he's going to be in your Discord like in fifteen minutes. <laughs> right on, dude. Um, well, the other cool thing of like Jacob, if you want to build something, I think this would be cool. And Marcin, I haven't really shared this thought with you, but imagine building like an application that just uses interchain accounts and just kind of aggregates all the different Cosmos products into one dashboard. That'd be nuts. Yeah, yeah it would be really cool. Um, kind of the ux thing that we've been talking about right now like even something like osmosis where you're interacting with a bunch of chains um you still have to kind of like have a wallet set up for every single chain you want to make a transaction with because all those tokens are on different networks you have to pay gas on every different network but if you were doing something through um interchain accounts you could kind of make a big proxy system that would handle all of that for you and you just need the one account yeah, and people don't really don't know yet, but intention account would be huge when like it's, it's fully live because you won't even need to create like a, a cash account or like a, anything, just use your Atom or Juno or Asmosis, and you're done. You use the whole Cosmos ecosystem, yeah. It's uh, that's just like the, the thing right now is uh, last bull market NFTs took off, DeFi took off, lending took off, but. The, the, the place where I, I think we need a lot more focus, and this is kind of what we're proud to work on, is just like the low-level cryptography and the boring infrastructure stuff. But for long-term sustainability, I think it's really important for projects like ours, projects like Akash. Kive is, is pretty cool what they're doing too, to build just a really resilient system and uh, kind of stay, to the, stay, stay true to the um, 
ethos and, and the ideologies of um, self-custodial nature and, and blockchain technology. Um, we think we're getting pretty close, though, and I think that's kind of going to be the next big thing um, is just integrations of all these really low-level infrastructures, um, even Axler as well. It, it's pretty it's pretty beautiful where we're the building that we're seeing in the bear market on like the really boring infrastructure stuff as well. Yeah, I have a question for you. How would you say um, to go about, let's say, for example, the thing I just mentioned, I would like to get building stuff. I would say to go about getting it done. Like, if you're not a dev, but you do have a vision into building cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's like the, the hard part. It's like, you got, you got stuff you want to build, but if you don't have the funding to do it, it's not going to happen. But, but really if you go have the dev, you can make it happen. But like in my instance, I'm not a big fan of like getting grants. In the bear market, that's like the worst way to go about it. So <laughs> to like cool your heart, like trying your best to build something, but to yeah. the community is not there, or you you don't you don't have the dev. So yeah, well, it, it's it's the question whether or not you want to bootstrap or you want to get venture funding, right? Um, we haven't sold the single token yet. We went uh, venture funding route where we're able to um, kind of get that funding that we need to build an infrastructure like this, like for what we needed to build. I, I don't really know about um, kind of building like the interchain aggregator product. And I don't really know what goes into that, but we need to hire like 12 guys full time on staff. We needed to hire both front end back end guys, economists, uh, mathematicians. It's, it's pretty, pretty heavy stuff and uh, you need the capital up front to do it. So we, we decided to make the decision to go that route. I wish we were able to bootstrap it because that's um, it's a lot more beautiful if you're able to do it that way. But it just wasn't in the cards for us specifically. But I know some other great projects that I had been successful bootstrapping. You just need to find like a technical co-founder that's really <laughs> just wants to slug it out with you. That's the that's the hardest part is just kind of that's um, the part. in the bear market. <laughs> yeah, not, it's not it's just. Not the- Finding a match, you have to get married to this guy, basically, or girl. <laughs> and it's uh, you just have a really great relationship with them. And as long as you can keep cool heads. The thing that kills a lot of projects is the internal politics stuff. And we've seen that over and over again, whether it was... Um, you can even look at the beginning of Cosmos. It's just maintaining um, the soft skills, the people skills, making sure you can keep everyone together. That's kind of the really important thing when you're building a company in the space or any space really by that matter, from my opinion. Sure. Jacob, I hope you find a nice female developer that lives in New Jersey. That's about your age. And we could uh, all make websites that leverage Akash and Jackal at the same time. I think you can do it. As as long as she's not a devil's fan in this, uh, in this playoff series, holy. Uh, There's only one devil fan in this Twitter space right now. (laughs) I think, I I think I should have, I should have been learning like Elliot waves last night instead of watching that game. <laughs> yeah, no, I want to send fan, so we're not even in the playoffs right now. So it's kind of tough for us, but the way it goes. You, you said what team? Ottawa Senators. Oh, that, that was a big rivalry with the Devils back in the day. Yeah, back when we were good. <laughs> yeah, same here. So. Exactly. Anyway, if, if anyone else wants to come up, feel free. Um, actually, Jacob, while you're up here, What's the storage requirement for like a, a 5K, you know, NFT collection to your yeah. best your best guess? To be honest, I don't know because I, my first collection on Stargate was only like 800. And the one on, on Juno and Loop, it's only 2,900 to supply. So even that one, we didn't have to worry about that. It wasn't that much, I think. So definitely less than a Terra. You could you if you if you wanted to yeah. avoid IPFS um, or at least back up on something other than IPSF. Just curious. Well, um, let me let me try to recap this, and then of course if there's anything I forgot, I'll let Marston and Patrick add in whatever they want for Jackal. Um, but basically, basically as we went through all this, and starting with the premise that Jackal is similar, like a Web three version of Dropbox, deals with data storage. Um, it's not quite like Dropbox at the same time, right? There's the, there's the encryption. So there's the privacy. Um, they're on their own chain, right? That's big because you have control over the validator set. You can customize um, using the different Cosmos SDK modules. You're connected to all these different chains, especially Akash, which seems to complement Jackal pretty well. Um, eight bucks per month per terabyte. So uh, 
that's paid in Jackal tokens. You guys are focused on bigger clients now, but maybe someone like me who wants to play around, I actually have a desire to, and a need to uh, seek some, some storage for my videos, let's say, or like graphics and stuff like that. Um, what else? What else? Oh, and as far as um, interchain accounts, which was the topic, users will not need to be experts in IBC, but will still be able to control accounts or their wallets on different chains without even knowing that there's other blockchains involved. And we talked about um, swaps, making a DAO, um, supplying liquidity, governance voting, stuff like that. So did I get most of the stuff there? And, I, and Jacob, you could definitely chime in as well. I think you nailed it, man. No, that's pretty, that's pretty much awesome. everything. It's uh, only a last thing. It's just cybersecurity posture from Jackal. It's, there's no usernames. There's no passwords. There's no email, no phone numbers. It's just public and private key cryptography. So we don't have really right. that many attack vectors. But other than that, you nailed it. So just the same general risks of like losing your seed words or the wrong or putting your seed words in an email and someone else being able to get at your, your stored files. Yeah, exactly. It's just, um, it's a higher security posture, but with higher security, you have uh, worse ease of use, right? So that's kind of like the, uh, the paradigm where the further you go down the cybersecurity side, the harder it is to use. So we think we struck a nice balance. Obviously you have to be careful with your seed phrase, get a bank vault or get a, uh, get a safe in your house or something on those lines to keep it in. But, um, it's it's still a much higher security posture than what we're used to in legacy systems where uh, pretty much your phone number is your backstop for everything and that's protected by like a 14 year old yeah. in a strip mall so yeah. You gotta, yeah yeah it's true it's true got jacob what, what what else did i forget and then i got a proposition for you jacob oh i'm gonna say uh you can always use a multi-seed but i have a space on nine so i have to <laughs> to to add out too but i'll just oh Good. I was going to say, I made a website once with HTML. And if you want to make a website using Jackal and Akash, we could definitely do that. Got you. I'll be, I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll have to go have a space on that. But glad we got to, to come up and I, I will reach out in the Discord, Jackal. No, I appreciate it, man. Well, hopefully we can help you build that website. He's, he's, yeah, he's going to be your most active Discord user for the next three days. But, uh, yeah, no, I appreciate you, Jacob, coming up. It's, you know, I haven't talked to you since NFT NYC, so good to talk to you and everybody else that was here. Really appreciate it. Marston, really nice to meet you. And Patrick, great to talk to you again. I'm sure we'll have to do a follow-up on this. But I definitely was thrown off by the word account and interchain accounts, and this definitely helped talking this out and um, putting some use cases behind it and just talking about how much better the UIs are going to be for the normies like me. So I appreciate it. Right on, man. Thanks for having us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having us on. Nice meeting you, too. Anytime, anytime. I'm going to go play around with Jackal sometime this weekend and see if I could mess with the storage and, uh, and, and kind of test out the UI, like I said, for someone like me. Yeah, and let us know any feedback. Uh, it's really important for us to kind of get those build measure learn feedback loops going. So uh, let us know how you like it, uh, what, you, what you hate about it, what was good, and uh, love to learn from your experience for sure. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, man. And thanks again to everybody else. Talk to you all throughout the week. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Cosmos Joe hosting DeFi 101, episode 10, featuring Jackal Protocol, discussing interchain accounts, and much, much, much more. Recorded on Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support now. Principle in like Taoism. There's this principle in like Taoism where it's like the more you fight something, the more like the opposite of what you want, like just inevitably it kind of starts to happen. There's this principle in like Taoism. 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 Where it's like.
because like the more you fight something, the more like the opposite of what you want inevitably it kind of starts to happen. Chirping on the bird app, listening to nerds laugh, wondering why the fuck my timeline's so cursed. It's like everybody's holding heavy bags in Web three. That's why they can't fly. They just drowning in the bird bath, fishing for some crop powder. Watch how we ignite the tower, blowing up the bank accounts, forgetting how to fight the power. Y'all don't even realize how deep this shit goes. They preaching open sauce, but don't listen to the code. And now it's mutiny, community uprise. There's no more humility, futility, plus size. Motherfuckers leaking from the wrench down to the bare metal. Which side the line you bleeding out on when the dust settles? Motherfucking west side shit, needle and noose. Sticking with my armory, yam, beta, and bruise. Repping psychedelic artistry, believing the truth. Like these motherfuckers even need a reason to sue? GM fam. Really? All the effort? Is it really worth all the fighting? Is it really worth all the drama? And the answer, I think, is a clear no. We started using Zoom, now we finna zoom out Teaching all these plebidites what this game's really all about Little baby bitches when they choose to have fits All you're left with is kibble when you lose all them bits And that kibble's just sawdust, this shit is all rust Not a great look, you're what we call all nuts And I for one did not see that coming Cracking open books, yo, that's a lot of money Meanwhile over here rewiring features More critical thinking, less knee jerk More evolution, less shit Preachers pretending to be teachers Y'all just predatory leeches I mean please, just look at the track record A bunch of VC rap fucks Sucking up the cheddar, the recipe is two steps Rinse and repeat Now we all in your butts And we bring in receipts GM fam, have a seat If you're listening to this, my, my plea to you You would be like, don't have, don't, don't have to take a side on it Just say like, is it really, is it really worth this war of attrition? It might cost, it might cost us, us a lot more than what can be gained game. by like fighting this to the better end. And sometimes it's better to just like move on. Ten spaces.